Good morning. My name is Beth Jenkins. My pronouns are she, her, and hers. I've been a member of the Unitarian Church of Edmonton for 31 years. I've served in a variety of roles, including some twice being on the board of directors. Welcome to the Unitarian Church of Edmonton's online Zoom service. We are a liberal, multi-generational religious community. We celebrate a rich mosaic of free thinking, spiritually questing individuals joined in common support and action. We welcome a full range of theological perspectives as well as a full range of spiritual traditions and practices. As a Unitarian Universalist congregation, we strive to be a community where everyone is able to fully participate, regardless of gender, gender expression, race, color, ethnic or national origin, religion, sexual affectional orientation, age, class, physical character or disability. Whether you've been part of our congregation for decades or this is your first time visiting, we welcome you. Whatever the faith and traditions of your past, we welcome you. Whatever your theological stance, we welcome you. Whatever your heritage, we welcome you. Whoever you are and whomever you love, we welcome you, the whole of you. We especially welcome any visitors who might be with us today and invite you to join us for conversation in the breakout rooms once the service is ended. And today we have some special breakout rooms and some guided conversation as well. We invite you to place your name and contact information in our online guest book, which you can find on the uce.ca website. Today, we gather together in gratitude on Treaty 6 land. A treaty is an inheritance, a responsibility, and a relationship. As a part of that relationship, we're sharing with you the new Indigenous names that have been given to Edmonton's 12 redrawn municipal wards. The names were chosen by a panel of 17 Indigenous women, the Committee of Indigenous Matriarchs, and approved by City Council in December of 2020. Today, we share with you Ward 7. The Sipiwiniwak Ward is in Southwest Edmonton on the border with the Enoch Cree Nation. Because of their proximity to the North Saskatchewan River, Enoch Cree Nation members were known as the River Cree to other tribes, which in the Cree language is Sipiwiniwak. The CP Winniwak are reclaiming their history through YouTube videos of elders telling short stories about their lives. These stories are their ancient way of entertaining and educating the young about Enoch Cree and Enoch Cree Nation values such as honesty, balance, integrity, commitment, mutual support, and empowerment, all values which we also hold dear. Good morning. I'm Reverend Leanne Washington. I'm serving as the Unitarian Church of Edmonton's Interim Minister. Our theme for the month of May is story. 
From time immemorial, humans have shared their experiences, preserved their wisdom, and entertained themselves through storytelling. As a spiritual practice, storytelling is powerful. It restores agency to the storyteller. No longer just the recipient of others' actions, the storyteller becomes the creator, the doer, the one with a voice. And the beauty of storytelling is that it's never too late to retell the story, a more and more common method of psychological healing. Isaac Dennison, the pseudonym of Karen Christens Dennison, Baroness Blixen Fenneke, famously said that all suffering is bearable if it is seen as part of a story. So as Reverend Dr. David Breeden says that, tells us in his invitation to worship, welcome to a new story. Welcome to a day unwritten. We gather to speak of possibility. We remember the losses. We celebrate the victories. As a people of story, we embrace the possible over the probable, weaving a story of hope. Join us in the new story. Join us in the day unwritten. Join us in the future of possibility. And now, join us in worship. We begin our sacred time together as congregations around the world do by lighting our chalice. As we light our chalice, Ruth Patrick will read A New Story Into Being, also written by Reverend Breeden. We tender this flame, opening the book, turning to a page yet to be written, opening a story yet to behold. May we fill this fresh page wisely. May we write a new story into being. May we together inscribe the page with hope. <clears throat> with mics muted, please join in singing hymn number 38, Morning Has Broken. Thank you. 
An important part of our community is sharing the joys and sorrows of our lives. If you have a personally significant joy or sorrow, please type it into the chat window where we will be able to see it throughout the remainder of the service. In order to make time for our storytelling today, I will not read them out loud. Instead, I now invite you into a moment of silent meditation. I recommend that you put your body into a comfortable and relaxed position. Take a few deep breaths. Close your eyes or find an object to focus on and turn your mind and heart inward. At your leisure, please return your focus to your surroundings as we continue our service with a story about a man with a story. A story about stories, if you will. Ruth Patrick will now read The Broken Story Story, written by Reverend Christina Leon Tracy. Once upon a time, there was a man with a story. This wasn't any just any old once upon a time story not one you could find on a bookshelf or hear around the campfire. This was his story and no one else's. This story had been carefully crafted. It began before he was born. And this story told of his loves and fears, his dreams realized and his dreams yet to come. The story was complete. It told his whole life 
including those bits that still existed in his imagination. In fact, the story was so complete and he was so happy with this story that he carried it around to make sure it was safe. It was somewhat bulky and unwieldy, but he didn't mind. It was his story. The thing about this story was it was very fragile, made up of many pieces and held together by only his imagination. He was worried he might break at any moment, and so he grew more and more protective of his story. He held it even closer. And as he went about his life, he checked on the story to make sure he was following it correctly. He avoided adventure and unknowns because, well, they might break the story. And then one day, the inevitable happened. Without warning, his story broke. It was unforeseen and he hadn't done anything wrong at all. But there it was, lying in a thousand scattered pieces on the ground. With the sunlight glinting off, glinting off the bits of the story, he is so carefully protected for all those years. He was heartbroken. And since his story hadn't, hadn't said to put the pieces back together, he was at a loss. What now? He sat down next to the pile of pieces and cried. A group of people, well, it was a while later. Maybe it was minutes. Maybe it was hours. A group of people came out of the nearby building and saw him sitting on the sidewalk, surrounded by a piece, a pile of broken pieces, clearly in need of help. What happened here? A woman asked. My story, it's gone. I worked so hard to build it, to protect it, to keep said the child. We just have to put it back together. Put it back together? There's no way. You don't even know what it looked like. How will you put it back together if you don't know me? The child was tenacious. Don't worry. With all of us here to help, we'll put it back together in a way that you would never even expect. You never know. It might be more beautiful than before. And so they swept up the pieces to this man's story carefully and went together into the building from which they had emerged. <clears throat> they poured him some hot coffee and sang a song he had never heard before. Something about coming again and again, though you've broken your vows a thousand times. The song was soothing and the coffee was warm. He began to feel hope again that his story could be put back together. And it took a long time. Maybe it was days, maybe it was years, but they got it back together and they added new parts and some old parts didn't fit anymore, but that was okay. The child had been right. It was more beautiful than before. And this time the story was held together, not only by his imagination, 
but the imagination and support of an entire community, it wasn't nearly so fragile. And it even allowed for adventure. With mics muted, please join in singing hymn number 12, A Life That Maketh All Things New. to the story, I suggest that you build the story by going around 
to each person in your group in some order and just keep adding to the story. Each person should have about 60 seconds to add their portion of the story in each of the three phases. Please be mindful of your, of your roommates, your breakout roommates, and don't hog the story. Your characters are brother and sister Jack and Jill. They begin their story in a park. At one end is an opening into the woods with a pathway. At the other end is a street facing along a quaint row of restaurants, antique shops, etc. Your characters will begin their story by deciding which way their journey will take them. Now, hopefully, if I do this right, Zoom will randomly assign you to a breakout room. I ask you to please accept the invitation. This experience works best when everyone participates, and I hope to be alone in the main room. Please note the number of your breakout room as you are given a choice to join it. Designate one person to be your spokesperson when we return to the main room. If there's a child in your household, invite, invite them to join in and be an extra in your group. This is usually a multi-generational experience and I generally divide the children among the adults to remind them to include the unicorns, transformers, witches, and dragons that are all important elements of stories. Okay, so I'm gonna ask you for a moment while I set up the breakout rooms. Should have created a story with a beginning, a middle, and an end. So this is where the magic happens. Being true to the characters and the storyline of your story, I am inviting the representatives from each group. I hope you remembered to designate someone to be your representative. Um, the representative from each group to tell another story using the component parts of the stories that you created. So groups one and two will be asked to set up the story with Jack and Jill. So the representative, the representatives will be invited, uh, group one first, then group two, to together they will make two parts of the introduction. Then groups three, four, and five will share their middle section. One will start and then the next one. And what you're doing is connecting to what happens before you, adding something from your story, you know, not telling your story so it doesn't make sense, but connecting some aspect of the middle part of your story with the aspect you've already heard. And then we'll keep going like that. Room six and seven will provide the resolution to the story. So hopefully this will both be entertaining and enlightening because we'll find out that as a congregation, we each bring our own stories to the congregation. But when we come together, we create a whole new story that is made from the component parts of our own personal stories. So we never have enough time for everyone to tell their own story, but we do have enough time for us to create 
a third story from the component parts of the stories that you just created. And I hope that some of you took my hint and added a unicorn or a witch or a dragon or some such thing in your story. Um, all right, so let's see, group one. Who is the representative from group one? Ah, okay, John, if you will start, uh, give us about, you know, 60 seconds or so about how your start, how your story started. Hello. Um, our story was, uh, we gave it a title at the end and we called it uh, Facilio es Cantare, Difficilio es Cantare Bene. And um, I guess it's a rather ostentatious title for a story that begins with um, uh, two people. Um, and we weren't sure if they were binary or not, but they were exited an alley and had to decide, would they go to the right or would they go to the left? Would they go downtown for a gelato or would they go into the uh, woods? Um, they, this, we have to step back for a moment and find out what the children were doing in the alley. And they were actually leaving um, what they felt was uh, a house of horrors. It had witches, goblins, spiders. It was dark and it was scary. And they were looking for some way, uh, some refuge and some way to reconcile the anxiety and stresses that had built up in such a dark and negative environment. And so they went to the shelter of the woods. Ah, okay, thank you. Now, uh, group two, who's the representative for group two? I'll take a chance to do that. All right, if you could just give us 60 more seconds of the opening, but connect it. it you may have gone in a different direction, but stay true to the story we're building. Only add something unique okay. from your own story. Um, we were kind of on the bent that Jack and Jill, having learned a difficult lesson about gravity, and now a difficult lesson about um, houses of horror, um, decided to celebrate their, their high school graduation by going to the wine store because they were both of age now to buy wine. Um, and, uh, the, um, and so they went off to the store but encountered a dragon. And the dragon was standing in their way but said, you know what, I'll let you pass. But my problem is that I don't fit into the wine store and I want a barrel of fire water. Uh, so, uh, okay, let's leave it there, Alex. You yep. set up perfectly, thank you. Dot, dot, for, dot. Yes, for uh, group three. So who's the representative for group three? Do you want me to take it, Teresa? Sure, Maria. All right, I'm gonna take else. it. Okay. So, I'm gonna try and reconcile the fact that we seem to be in two different places at the same time right now. I think they I think they moved to the street and they were gonna get gelato, but somehow they're now at the wine store with a dragon. So you yeah, know, take, it, take it from there and add some okay. component from your own story. Okay. Um so yeah, of course, let's help out the, the poor thirsty dragon. So we're going to get our uh, our wine and the dragon's firewater from the liquor store. 
and uh, oh boy, <laughs> we talked this yeah because we definitely everything everything we had done definitely happened in the forest. Um, <laughs> well, perhaps there are maybe there's a strip of landscape, or maybe maybe they go to the forest as part of their journey. Now it's okay; they can wind around this. It's a new story. Well, because actually, uh, now that we have our wine, uh, people start noticing all kinds of things when they've had a glass or two of wine that uh, they never would notice normally. And on that lovely uh, tree-lined boulevard along the street in front of the wine store, uh, there are there is definitely a dryad just, you know, chilling among the normal trees. And uh, dryads, because... I don't know if you know this, but trees actually uh, have quite sophisticated uh, communication networks. And so dryads know what's going on everywhere that there are trees. So this dryad um, is uh, sort of the, uh, the, the go-between between the, uh, the normal city life and where, all the, where most of the humans live and the magical forest nearby. So, uh, oh boy, <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> uh, so the, the dryad is aware that in the nearby forest, there is someone else who, who has a problem that is perhaps a little more dire than I need liquor and don't fit through the door and sends Jack and Jill into the enchanted forest in search of a very sad and lonely fairy who is just looking for looking for her her own people and has been on on her own in this forest uh leading people astray for for a very long time just because she wants some company all right let's uh let's let's stop there and move to group five right group five who's the representative for group five Oh, group four. Am I group four? Okay, sorry. Who's the representative from group four? Who would like to be the representative <laughs> for group four? It was going to be Gloria. Did, did Gloria disappear? Here. Oh, oh good. Gotta take it. Okay, so Dryad's heading into the forest and um, they hear music and they uh, go down the hill and um, Jill's boyfriend is putting on a big show for her ah. with music and jousting. Ah. The end. Okay. <laughs> oh, and jousting, okay. So we have Jack and Jill in the magic forest interacting with a fairy who's very sad and has been misdirecting people. Um, and Jill's boyfriend is also uh, giving us a jousting competition and kind of like a fair, a show. So group five, now who's representing group five? Um, who was in group five who's willing to add a component to the story? 
Um, I don't remember what my group number was. Uh, okay. Was this the one with, with me and, and Jolene and uh, David? I really don't know, but go ahead, Graham. If you're willing to add, on behalf of group five, if you're willing to add a component to the story, that's great. Sure. Um, yes, so so in, in, in this forest milieu, they uh, uh, come upon a, uh, an outdoor theater festival and uh, there is, they're, they're trying to do this audience participation thing. And there's a director who's trying to like very kindly like nudge people, you know, into, you know, into doing the thing. Uh, there is one um, guy who just won't give up on the notion of using 20 sided dice to uh, mediate uh, the participation. Uh, there, there, there's a professional playwright who's just having none of it and just thinks that, you know, they should get on with the show. Um, and yeah, it just, it, it's just this like scene of discord, uh, you know, sort of standing in the way of, uh, you know, get, get, getting through, uh, the, uh, this sort of like, I don't know, what is it? Some, some kind of a rain fair situation, uh, that they're in. All right, great. Thank you, Graham. So we have Jack and Jill in the forest. They're having to deal with a sad and lonely and uh, fairy. Um, they uh, so the, and they're now in this situation where there's supposed to be this festival or carnival going on, and people aren't aren't happening. It's kind of chaos. So group six and seven are going to have to help us. Um, either, you know, resolve the chaos or help the fairy back or do something to resolve um, one of these, one of these challenges. So group six, who's the representative from group six? I am. All right. So add a little bit about how, uh, in this context, add something from your story about how to resolve the situation. So Jack and Jill started feeling really overwhelmed because there was just all of this discord and chaos and this stage shows going on and a jousting competition and they just didn't know what to do. Um, and they're kind of looking around for like, how can we fit into here? And so they decide that they should open up a snack bar because that will calm people down so they can have nachos and some pickles and um, so they decide to set up a booth and they hang little uh, colorful lights um, and strewn uh, and kind of decorate the front of their booth to help um, bring calm into the atmosphere of chaos. Um, they put up a big uh, colorful scarf as a rainbow um, arc and call themselves um, up the hill with Jack and Jill um, <laughs> snacks. All right, listen, thank you. <laughs> okay, so group seven, you gotta bring us home. You gotta give us complete, uh, you know, some complete resolution. And uh, we want to feel, we want to feel at least relief, maybe even a, a little happy. So who represents group seven? Who might be willing to represent group seven? Here I am. That's a hell of a story, you guys. I'll tell you. 
Reverend Audrey, bring it home. I'm going to bring you home. I'm going to bring you home. There is Jack and Jill, by the way, who are twins. And they're identical twins. They got the same DNA, same everything. So the next morning, they're having their coffee lattes and they look at each other and they say, God damn, that was a hell of a dream we had last night. And that's your ending. <laughs> All right. So now we've gotten a little bit into uh, mysticism because Jack and Jill have had the same dream. And Reverend Audrey, that's perfect given what I know about you and your life experiences. That's just about right. So here's the point. This was fun. I bet. I bet that when you made the stories in your small groups, you would never have had in your mind that your stories could make this other story with all these different components. And basically that's what it's like to be a community, right? And, and how we connect to each other's stories in making our story as a community is important. It is compassionate. And it can be fun, right? So the more we share our stories with each other, the stronger, the more interesting, the more entertaining, the story that is UCE as a community becomes. All right. Thank you all for participating. I hope that you connected with each other a little more deeply today and that you enjoyed this exercise. You know, generosity is also a spiritual practice. It's one that enlarges the heart and lightens the spirit for no matter how much or how little we have in the sharing of it, both the one who gives and the one who receives are blessed. We're a self-governing and self-supporting community, and we rely on your donations to support our staff and to offer our programs. Now more than ever, we need your financial support. Please visit our website at uce.ca and click on donate in the upper left corner to find a donation method that best suits you. For the month of May, we encourage you to support, yes, youth empowerment and support services. Uh, please visit their website to get more information about them, and you'll find a link to it on our church homepage. Now, with mics muted, please join in singing hymn number 402 from You I Receive. <laughs> worship service to a close this morning. I thank those who've made our time together possible. Without them, our worship services wouldn't be possible and they wouldn't be nearly as meaningful as they are. Susan Rutan, who opened our Zoom room for the service and greeted everyone. Andrew Mills, who created our slides and ran them today. Beth Jenkins and Ruth Patrick, our readers. 
Ruth Marriott, who's recording our service and posting it on the YouTube and SoundCloud platforms. And today, I thank all of you. It is your participation that has made this service today so special. As we close, I invite you to stay for the listening circles facilitated by the interim transition team. The purpose of these listening circles is to give you an opportunity to reflect on your experiences during Reverend Brian's ministry with UCE and to choose that which was good to bring forward into UCE's bright future. Our closing words come from Reverend Scott Taylor, the moving force behind the Soul Matters series of ministry and educational materials. I share his words as a closing for our worship service and as an invitation to participate in the listening circles. Reverend Scott reminds us that we gather as a house of stories. As we learn of those who've gone before, the way in front of us becomes more clear. As we weave together the tales of who we are, our loneliness lessens and the web of our oneness is revealed. As we listen deeply in those times of tender trust, we descend into the longings and learnings, hopes and fears of the humanity we share. Beneath the wells from which we drink is a deeper well that feeds them all. Come, let us tell each other tales of our thirst. Let us drink from the stories that sustain us. And let us remember fondly our experiences here today. As we close our service by extinguishing our chalice, Ruth Patrick will share with us, Be True, Be Well, Be Loving, written by Reverend Dr. Cynthia Landrum. We leave this gathered community, but we don't leave our connection, our concerns, our care for each other. <clears throat> our service to each other, to the world and to our faith continues until we are together again, friends. Be strong, be well, be true, be loving. With mics muted, please join in singing our closing song, Carry the Flame. service this morning. If we were able to meet in person, this is where you would be invited to a potluck lunch, followed by the listening circles. Instead, we invite you to take a short comfort break, about 10 minutes, I think, get a beverage of your choice, and go make your lunch and bring it back here. You may eat during the listening circles. We don't want you to be uncomfortable or distracted by thirst or hunger. Our weekly announcements, which can also be found in the weekly email or monthly newsletter, will now slide by for a bit. Like I said, in about 10 minutes, the interim transition team and I will orient you to this spiritual listening exercise and place you again into randomly assigned breakout rooms with an interim transition team member as a facilitator. We expect this exercise to take up to 90 minutes, but no longer. Unless I'm needed to facilitate a listening circle, I'll remain in the main room until you return for the wrap up.
I'll see you in about 10 minutes. here.